This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Are you still there? To delete your message, press 7. To save it in the archives, press 9. To hear more options, press 0. What are you talking about? What's good, everybody? Welcome back to the Battle for LA podcast, part of the Clutch Points Network. Um, I'm here with Ryan Ward, our Lakers reporter. I'm Tomer Zarli, your Clutch Points Clippers reporter. And today we have a special guest. We've got Gary the Sign Guy, a passionate, huge, 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 huge Laker fan. Huge. Um, who will talk about his journey as a Laker fan, how we, how we started, how we got the idea of you know making signs at Laker games. Um, talk a little bit about the Clippers as well. Um, yeah, we'll just we'll just jump right into it. All right, so you've been a Lakers fan for for how long? Well, I moved to um, Los Angeles in 1991, and it kind of started back then with Magic and Vladi and Sedale Three, but it really uh, became full throat when uh, Van Exel and Eddie Jones in '93, '94. So right around then, I was completely purple and gold. So that was the team that just kind of sparked you, huh? The, the Van Axel, Eddie Jones, Sed Sabalis, Eldon Campbell, that squad. Anthony Peeler, uh, yeah, those guys. I I really got into that team. That was a, a really fun fun and gun uh, team to watch. So you're you're a season ticket holder, correct? I've been a season ticket holder since 2000, since the Lakers moved into Staples Center. So no no forum experience like you were saying right you you weren't you didn't go to the great uh, great western forum or forum. I did I went to the great western forum uh, when Kobe came on the team and uh, they went to the playoffs against Utah I was there for those games Oh you there for the infamous four air ball game No I wasn't there for that game thank goodness but <laughs> I was at some other horrific losses uh, to Utah at that time Yeah they had their number back then that's for sure huh they sure did, but uh, it's okay. It turned out okay. They never won a championship, and we came away with three. That's very true. <laughs> That's very true. So, what's your what's your uh, you say your your favorite story that you have from being a the fan and like kind of being behind the scenes and being a face of games? Oh, my brother, you know, through twenty years of of living it, I've I've got a lot of stories. But if I had a single one out about me where I was included. Yeah. Uh, I would say that um, the time when uh, me and Rich Simmons, my uh, my buddy that sits a couple of seats away from me, made our way to Orlando for Game Five, and I uh, helped instigate the famous Hito Turkoglu, uh, Trevor Ariza altercation on the court. That was pretty much done by yours truly. <laughs> really? How, how did that happen? How did you instigate that? Well, I was sitting directly behind the uh, the, the uh, um, Orlando bench, and um, 
as they were playing past us, I would mercilessly uh, heckle uh, uh, Hito Turkoglu with his name. I know that's probably not politically correct, but I was going, Ugaboo, Igaloo, somebody beat you with an ugly stick and you lost, you know, and shit like that. And uh, Trevor Ariza heard me say something to him and started giggling, chuckling at him. And before you knew it, they were forehead to forehead pushing each other on the court. And if you remember correctly, Hito Turkoglu was not the same player after that for the rest of that game. So you were the reason Hito Turkoglu started dropping off. Uh, I am not 100% certain, but I definitely, (laughs) you could put your line in the sand as to when he started playing crappy, and it was right after that moment. So (laughs) So you were like the, the reverse Spike Lee with Reggie Miller, huh? Exactly, and and the same thing with Kobe with the double nickel over in uh, in uh, at the at Madison Square Garden when he he dropped fifty five. He also blamed Spike Lee for that one, I think. <laughs> yeah, I don't think Spike has helped as much as uh, he would wanted to at this point. Right, but I definitely do take credit for that one. And another story that I like to talk about is. Uh, the fact that I co-designed the last two Laker championship rings with Jason of Beverly Hills. Yeah, that's pretty cool, man. Really? Interesting. Yes, the, uh, the the components of where the face is on the frame, uh, on the uh, on the uh, on the ring, where the face is engraved on one ring and debossed on the other ring. Those those two ideas came from me. Wow, that's crazy. So you're gonna get ready for one more this year? Yeah, I have an idea for the ring this year as well, and uh, Jason and I are very, very good friends, and I've already uh, kind of alluded to him that I have ideas in my head, but we don't talk about it until, you know, we don't want to put any kind of kibosh and whammy on it. No, no jinx, huh? But uh, the plan is in the brain, and uh, it, it would be pretty epic if we can come out with another one. Forgive me if I, I might be having this wrong, but... Um did you have some kind of sunglass company or something out in in Porter Ranch or something? Yes, I owned Revolution Eyewear out in Simi Valley. So, uh, go, go ahead, sorry, go ahead. And uh, I um, I was responsible for designing some of the most uh, well known brands of sunwear over the past twenty years, such as Ed Hardy, uh, Christian Audige, True Religion, uh, The Beatles, Affliction. Uh, and Revolution were all incredibly popular uh, brands of eyewear uh, over the last thirty years. So I, I think I think we've met before. I think we met. I think uh, around twenty twelve. I think you were you uh, allowed someone to use the place for a movie shoot. If I have that correct, I think that's exactly correct. Around, yeah, we, around, we, around Dwight Howard's arrival, correct? And I think you were getting ready to prepare another championship ring, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> Well, that one didn't work out so well, if you remember correctly. The, 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 that, those plans uh, definitely went awry early on because uh, Steve Nash broke his leg very, very quickly into that season, and that kind of game, unraveled an awful lot yeah. of stuff. They they tried to patch the hole of not getting um, Chris Paul by bringing in uh, Steve Nash, who was already completely done with his career. He was done. Interesting, interesting. So it's good to know we actually have met. I think you were showing us around some of your cars, some of the the, the warehouses. Interesting. Okay, small Absolutely. world. Absolutely. Yep, that's me. I still own that building, and uh, really? yeah, that's yeah. Wow, wow, small world. I've okay. retired since then, but I still do own that building. <laughs> okay, interesting. Ryan. So the the other like famous 
Laker fans out there. You know, you got what Andy Garcia, you got Flea, Jack Nicholson. Do you have any experience with any of these guys? All of them. Every single one of oh. them. Um, it's a it's a close knit fraternity, and uh, I definitely um, am very blessed to be part of that uh, echelon of of fan, and I've been able to actually have conversations with them and become quite friendly with some of them. Um, people like uh, Avi Lerner, who did the uh, uh, Expendables movies and the Olympus Has Fallen movies, and Joel and Karen Silver, who I love dearly, and they did Matrix and Die Hard and The Warriors and Beat for Vendetta, and Jeffrey Katzenberg, who sits directly in front of me, who is a legend, in, you know, in, in, by himself, uh, with all his uh, accolades that he's done throughout his career with Disney and so forth. I do have a story with Jack Nicholson, if you want me to share it. Definitely. Okay. Um, one time, Jack is uh, eating his dinner in a very, very cramped quarter in the back of the chairman's room um, at Staples Center, a very a very uh, secluded area, a place where you really want to be by yourself and not be bothered by too many people. And sure enough, some lady walked over to him and said, Jack, can I take my picture with you? And he looked over to her with cream on his face, and he's like, no, I'm eating. And uh, and she looked like aghast that he would be so forward and so, you know, you know, so so open and, and, and forward like that. And I reached over to her and I said, ma'am, right in front of him, I said, ma'am, he's just trying to eat his just trying to, you know, it has nothing to do with you. He would have said no, no matter who you were. It has nothing to do with you. Please don't take it personally. He's a really great guy. So he kind of looked at me like, thank you, you know. <laughs> Flash forward about two months later, and we're in the smoking room where Jack is having a cigar, and I'm in the smoking room myself with my son, and there's nobody in the room but him, me, and my son. And this is about couple of months down the road past that time when the lady asked for the photograph and all of a sudden out of the darkness all you hear is you know why I don't take fucking photographs with people I'll tell you why I went to Dodger Stadium one time and I signed a goddamn uh, autograph in the first round in the first inning and I didn't see another pitch until the ninth and that's why I stand in the front. That's why I sit in the front row, so people can't get close to me. I just sit there by myself, and people don't bother me. So that was one of my favorite stories ever, because that came like out of nowhere, and we were just like, "Oh, okay, I got it." You know, he was kind of um, saying thank you for for uh, interjecting that one time. It was uh, a quite a, a moment that I'll never forget. We've been friends ever since. Yeah, he's uh, he's pretty famously. Doesn't do a lot of interviews. Like I, I even tried to get a hold of him two years ago. Like I was trying to do like a famous fans thing and get Flea and Denzel and those guys. And the only guy I could get was Ice Cube, which was still pretty good. But uh, Jack was just impossible. Like I couldn't. Well, you know, sometimes these you can understand because they for so many years they did so many interviews and so many things with so many people that they just they're tired and they just want to be you know kind of like leave them alone kind of a thing they yeah. don't want now, they, I respect they, it. They, they don't want to be rude about it but they just don't want to be you know but put Lakers off. fans would love to hear what he'd have to say about you know just like 
Kobe, LeBron, Magic. One of the greatest moments ever was when Kobe was retiring. I got a, a bunch of celebrities to hold Kobe's sign the night that Kobe retired. Oh, that's pretty cool. <laughs> and, and, and Jack Nicholson was actually one of the guys that was gracious enough to hold the Kobe sign for me. And I have that photograph. It's one of my favorite photographs of him holding the Kobe sign. It's really cool. That was quite the night, huh? Oh yeah, Judge uh, Beckham, David Beckham held the sign that night. Arsenio, George Lopez held the sign that night. Uh, Kanye, Lamar Odom, Snoop Dogg. It was uh, it was a really great night. Jack Black. Uh, it was uh, a bunch of uh, really really super nice guys that uh, were there to pay. Odell Beckham was there that evening, and he held the sign. And I have uh, photographs of all these guys holding the Kobe sign. It's kind of cool. What was your What was your reaction when you when you know when Kobe announced that he was going to retire at the end of the year? I think everyone knew it was kind of coming, but you know when he made it official and the days are drawing near, how do you how do you as a big Laker fan how do you go through that? How do you process that? You count down each and every moment, and you mark them down as a beautiful moment to see one of the greatest players that ever graced the hardwood. I am a huge Kobe Bryant fan on the court. I think he is uh, one of the most um, tactical players, uh, brilliant players, uh, cerebral players that we've ever ha had. Um, I think that he was more of a tactician on the court than Michael Jordan, for instance, because Jordan just, it just came so natural to him and Kobe would plan out every single step that he would take before he took it he knew where he was going like a chess player and even though their games were very very similar in a lot of ways because kobe used him as the uh, you know as the the original i guess um i think that kobe took it to a different level with his brilliance on the court i think that it was just something that we'll never see again i mean we talk about being an alpha dog and who's best when and all that kind of stuff People don't realize that Kobe went through that transition of being a physical game to being a uh, a softer kind of a game uh, that it's evolved into, and won at both ends. And uh, there's not many people that can say that. Um, so he evolved with the game of basketball, and I just think that he was something to behold. So, what were your thoughts on? Uh, I miss him a lot. <laughs> yeah, a lot of Lakers fans do. Um, what were your thoughts? Uh, when LeBron uh, agreed to come here, like, what'd you think? I mean, there's a lot of people that, a lot of Laker fans that are kind of conflicted about it, even still to this day, even with them winning. When you don the purple and gold, everything else goes out the window. And it's just, you're not one of my guys. And as, as long as you wear that golden armor on the court, I'm behind you. And, um, uh, I have learned to appreciate the brilliance of what LeBron brings. It's a different type of game than Kobe's game, but it is brilliant just the same. It's another superstar, unbelievable talent that you get to watch on the court. It's just it's just a little um, different uh, from what I, I or that doesn't take anything away from the brilliance of LeBron James. He is. Uh, him and his agent saved the Laker franchise as far as I'm concerned. And yeah, I'm now they got another one with uh, Anthony Davis is just killing it already in the first, what, five, six games? 
without Co- without LeBron coming here, Anthony Davis never would have came here. So I, I give uh, kudos to LeBron James and uh, Rich Paul uh, for saving our franchise and and getting us back to relevance and maybe on the cusp of another championship run. Now, you guys almost, I mean, the Lakers were almost, you know, clear-cut favorites when they were in the running for Kawhi. They almost got him. What was your, you know, how did you go through that? Like, did you think they were getting him, and what was your reaction when you ended up joining the Clippers? (laughs) (laughs) When a guy's that good, he can make any decision he wants. Um... I don't like the modus operandi by which he operated. Um, I don't think that, uh, I, I don't remember any Laker ever doing that to a Clipper before or to any other team, holding him over a barrel like that and really letting the franchise think that you were going to be the one to, to get him. Um, I think that the, the managerial shift at uh, the Laker home office uh, had something to do with it. Um, Same with Magic? I'm not going to say names. <laughs> uh, I, I'm going to say that I just think that there, there were people that were in place at the Lakers organization that left the Lakers organization, and I believe there were conversations that may have switched them over to the Clippers. Um, uh, look, I'm just a fan, uh, but from what I saw... I don't have as much respect for uh, the way and the modus operandi uh, that uh, that decision was was come by. I think that 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 uh, I will say this: Rob Palenka was up for the challenge. This guy did not put all his eggs in one basket. This man, one hundred percent, had a plan B, E, D, and put it off to complete perfection given the events the way they unfolded I have to give nothing but credit to Rob Palenka for bringing our team from where we were a year ago to where we are this year I give 100% to him for doing that and um, I didn't think that was going to be the case I had my uh, trepidation uh, as well as a lot of people did but he came through with flying colors and I can't speak highly more highly enough for the job that he ended up doing what do you think it means to be a Lakers fan? Like, if you could describe to somebody who has no idea, what would you say? What it's like to be a Laker fan? What does it mean? What does it mean to be a Laker fan? It means the world to me because um, the Lakers stand for only winning championships. If you did not win a championship, your year was a failure, no matter what, and no matter how you slice it, no matter how you dice it. We're in the in the in the business of winning championships. So if you've got that kind of a mindset, and in your mind you have to win at all times in order to really be uh, considered the greatest, um, I think that when you when you when you become a fan of the purple and gold, when you become a fan of the Lakers, the legacy, the history, uh, the pageantry the the honor that it is to root for a team that great for that consistently great is uh, is something that you feel it's kind of like being a Yankee fan I'm not a Yankee fan by the way I'm a, I'm a 
I'm a New York Mets fan. Please don't rub it in. Please don't rub it. <laughs> hey, you got Pete Alonso uh, though. I'm a New York Mets fan, but uh, but I can understand. I know a lot of people who are Yankee fans, and they feel the same way about their franchise as I do about the Purple and Gold. I love Doctor Bus. I love Jim Bus. Genie Bus. Jesse Bus. Janie Bus. Johnny Bus. Joey Bus. I love the family. I love the organization. I love the history. I love the driven uh, nature of the purple and gold. And when you become a fan of the purple and gold, you feel it. Do you have any experiences with Jeannie Bus? I mean, I, I've only met her once in the very awkward elevator ride where uh, she was with Phil Jackson, but she was the nicest person and didn't really have to be. But she was just she so is, um, She is extremely kind. She's extremely smart. Um, she's got a lot of her her dad in her. She's got a lot of her own qualities that make her a champion in her own right. Um, she had to make some very, very difficult, gut-wrenching decisions. And um, I, you, you're, you're seeing once she uh, put her foot down and decided that this is the direction that she was going to go, she meant that this is the direction we're gonna go, not by the personnel that I'm gonna hire, but by the fact that I'm sick and tired of losing and it's time to win. And she's doing whatever it takes to get back to winning status. And I, I gotta take my hat off to her. She is uh, a tremendous basketball executive. Back uh, when the Kobe Shaq feud happened and. There was a split, obviously, Shaq getting traded to Miami. Which side were you on? Because that was a complicated issue. I think you that know, split um, a lot of Lakers fans. I was not on Jim Gray's side. <laughs> I felt that Jim Gray created that and fanned the flames. They had no problem when they were on the court. The That's problems true. came after the court, after off the court. Uh, Kobe calling Shaq fat and lazy. Um, uh, Kobe, Shaq not passing the ball back out to Kobe once he would pass the ball into him. I mean, things like that that would just, you know, uh, that, were un- uh, that were not normal from what we had seen from the years before. And I think a lot of it came from the media. And I think that a lot of it, uh, I think that the breakup was because of Jim Gray. I think that Jim Gray... Uh, he's a very tactical writer. Uh, he likes to create controversy, and he did. And um, if you remember correctly, he was the interviewing uh, person with uh, uh, with with uh, LeBron when he made the decision. I mean, this is a guy that rabble rouses, and um, and back then he was able to do it. If he ever, if he ever thought for a second that there was a problem between Anthony Davis and LeBron James, he'd be the first microphone into that huddle to try to find out how to get an angle. That's the guy he is. Um, I'm not really that enamored with that. The guy, nice man, but I can't forget the fact that I think that he was part and part, very, very much responsible for that breakup. It could have been done. It could have been averted, and championships could have been won. Uh, How many do you think time. they would have won if they would have stayed together? I think in at least four, maybe five, but definitely four. Had Shaq gotten back into the shape that he was when he went down to Miami and he lost all that weight mm-hmm. and he 
played that way with Shaq, with, with Kobe, there's no doubt in my mind they win another championship, maybe two. I could see that. I could see that. Definitely. What about you, Clipper man? Uh, it's, it's interesting. I'm curious, like, how did you decide that you wanted to bring signs to games like this? Like, how did you decide that was going to be your, your 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 thing? I've answered that question a few times. I'm going to answer it for you. Um, the reason that 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 happened, Kobe Bryant gave birth to the sign guy. When really? Kobe scored 81 points, I was standing right there on the sideline. You can see me in the when you see all the replays. And I was just freaking out. I could not believe what I was watching. I was watching buttery soft outside shots. I was watching layups to the hole. I was watching slam dunks. I was watching up above the rim. I was watching him not miss a free throw. I was watching a magical night. And I just wanted something in my hands to go, Kobe! Oh my God! Yes, Kobe! And, and then two weeks later... Um, at the Memphis Grizzlies game uh, in, in uh, the year 2006, I believe it was, uh, 15 right. years ago, I started bringing the Kobe sign, K-O-B-E. It was two letters in one hand and two other hand. And every time he scored, I went up. And uh, it was a lot of getting up and down. <laughs> I'm sure it was. It sure was, especially since I only had one sign back then. Okay, so I, was, I, I, I picked my spots. I wouldn't get up for a free throw, and I didn't just go up for a putback. It was when the the, the it, when the uh, momentum and the crowd called for me to get up, I got up. And I, I started to learn how to do it better, and then I had Lamar was the second sign, and then Andrew Bynum was the third sign, and, and it just went on. I had Smush Parker for a while, you know, I mean... Uh, <laughs> And it just it evolved into more signs, and now I pretty much have a sign for every player for like the last five six years. So I'm saying, do you, do you do you keep all these signs? Like, do you do you still have your Kobe sign? Do you still have your Lamar sign? Believe it or not, um, I yeah, I, I believe I have most of all the signs. The Kobe sign is in my is in my it's right next to my bed. I, I see it every single minute. So I uh, I love the Kobe sign. I keep it with me. The other signs are in storage. And eventually, someday, I'll do something with them. I don't know exactly what yet. Okay. Well, you're uh, you're on social media now, correct? Both Instagram yeah, and Twitter. I started in March. Um, a buddy of mine put together uh, um, a, uh, a a Twitter page. I've always had my Facebook page, but my Twitter page has been up now since uh, he put it up in October. And then in March, I said to him, hey, whatever happened with that Twitter thing you said you were going to do for me? He goes, oh, I, I put that up months ago. And I said, really, how many followers do I got? He goes, uh, 31. <laughs> I said, 31? He said, 31? What do you mean 31? You put a thing up in, in, in October. So then I started paying attention to it in March, and now from March to now, it's uh, it's right around 4,000, which is a lot of people. Nice. I'm just a fan, and um, and I just I enjoy talking to the fans. I get questions like this every day. I've answered every single fan. Any fan that has ever uh, followed me, I respond to them on a, on a private, uh, private chat. I've said thank you to every single uh, follower I have. And I just went to uh, Instagram last week, 
at the real sign guy. And I think I got like three or four hundred uh, followers over there already. I just started that. It's just a way to reach out and touch the fans, and for them to talk, you know come out and ask me a bunch of questions. It's a lot of fun. A lot of fun. So that's the same on Twitter. Then that handle, the real sign guy, at the real sign guy. Uh, it's at the real sign guy one on Twitter. Okay. At the real sign guy one on Twitter, and at the real sign guy on Instagram. Cool. Cool. Make sure you yeah, guys go I'd love fun. to hear from your people. Really, it'd be a lot of fun. Matter of fact, <laughs> if anybody's out there and is looking for somebody to maybe invest in a business, if you've got something smart, something great, private message me. Tell me what you got. Maybe we'll do something. Let the real side guy know. Uh, Let the real sign guy know. <laughs> uh, I got. I got. I have to ask this. Uh, I know it's another sore spot, but Paul George, you go from Ugh. one summer of you know likely he's coming here. The next, he's on pretty much the rival. Um, as someone so invested in the team, what what was that like? Because I'm sure it felt like he was coming here. I, even I thought he was going to join the Lakers. I never thought he was coming here. Um, really? I, yeah, I never even for a second thought that Paul George was going to come here. Um, I'm not a Paul George fan. Uh, never was. Uh, I'm glad he's a Clipper. Um I hope that they do well, but that they never, ever finish above us, ever. Um, and uh, that's really about it. I'm not really a Paul George guy at all. Uh, I think his game is fantastic, and I think he's a great player. Uh, that saying, uh, that said, uh, I'm glad he's not here. You don't want to be a, if if you don't want to be a Laker. If you have two chances. To become a Laker, there are ways or there are moments that you think that you can become a Laker, and you don't come here. You're not right to wear the purple and gold. We don't want you here. Um, the fact that Dwight Howard uh, has able to do what he's done and pretty quickly re-enamor himself with the fans. I think that the fans are are welcoming welcoming him much more readily than I thought that they would have. Oh, that's, um, that's blown me away game, as well. His game is, 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 is playing way, way better than people thought he was going to play, except for me. I, I knew he was the right choice. I, I told Jesse Buss over lunch recently before we acquired him, once Boogie went down, I said, well, it's obvious you got to bring him in. You got to bring. I mean, because we were having lunch the day that Boogie got hurt, uh, Jesse and I, and I said to him immediately. Now I'm not taking credit. Don't get me wrong, but I I was definitely one of those people that wanted Dwight Howard to come back to the purple and gold. No I, doubt. I, I got got one more for you here. When, as a Laker fan, you know you you were with the early parts of Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart, Lonzo Ball. You know, to see them go, I mean, even though you do get Anthony Davis, you spent a good couple of years invested in, in the young guys. Was that tough to see him go? Brutal. Um, B.I. and I had a tremendous relationship. I called him the real deal, and he called me the go-to-fans. So we had a really, uh, really good relationship. I, I love him. I will always love him. I watched his 45-5 and five game last night, and I said to myself, yep, he's he's doing what he's meant to do. He's a scorer. He's happy. He's playing with joy, and I'm really happy for him. And once Zion Williamson comes back, that team's going to be, you know, serious. And, uh, you know, Alonzo, 
Lonzo's another wonderful young man. Um, I love Lamar, uh, Lamar, uh, Lamar Ball, Lavar Ball. Um, but uh, his son is a much more quiet, self-confident young man. Um, I, I, people sometimes equate him with his dad being loud and whatever, vociferous and, and, and an iny kind of guy. And Lonzo has shown me nothing but being a team player, a, a, a true war, a, a true uh, gladiator of the hardwood, and an, a lockdown defender with a, a lot of upside. So I'm going to miss him a lot. Um, I think that he's a great ball handler. I think he knows where the ball needs to go, and he's, he's an excellent uh, point guard. Uh, his shot seems to improve uh, from last year to this year. And I think that uh, he'll end up being uh, a very, very, very good player. Um, Josh Hart and I, we never really ticked off. We never really clicked that well. I mean, he was never uh, the most friendly. But I do wish him well. And uh, I know he's a Villanova guy. And uh, he's got a pedigree of championship, uh, of winning, winning, um, like he did in the NCAA. Uh, I, but, and, I, and I know he's a hard a hard-nosed guy, but we never really were that tight. It was me and B.I. that were really had the, of those three, the best relationship. So seeing them go was painful, but to get a transcendent talent like Anthony Davis, you have to give up something in order to do that. And uh, I'm very, very happy with the, where the team is now. I wish that Brandon was still here, um, uh, but then again, we might not have Kuzma, and I love him as well. So I'm happy that at least we we were able to keep one of the four that I call the young core. And uh, I think that the sky's the limit for the Lakers now and what the Pelicans can do in the future if they can stay together. Gary Martin, uh, any final words before we uh, let you go? I want to thank you guys very much for inviting me on the show. And uh, again, um, we, I'm at uh, Instagram at, uh, at the real sign guy and on Twitter at, at the real sign guy one. I'll see you guys at Staples Center, and let's go Lakers tonight against those hated Bulls. <laughs> That's Gary Martin, everybody, the Lakers sign guy. Uh, Gary, thanks for coming on. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, My pleasure, Gary. boys. I'll see you soon. Have, Have a good man. one. Bye-bye. That was Gary, the sign guy. Um, pretty interesting interview. Very. Interesting very. guy. Very passionate. passionate. Yeah, very passionate that's what guy. I took from it. Um, but you kind of you got to appreciate that. You really got to appreciate the dedication this guy has to his team. Especially going from an extreme high to the lowest of lows. Yeah. And now back uh, to where they are now. It's a heck of a journey. Um, any final words before we close out the uh, episode? No, not really. Yeah, this is the Gary the Sign Guy episode. <laughs> yeah. Uh, again, I think you our, talked enough for all of us. Our thanks again to uh, Gary Martin, the real sign guy, the Lakers sign guy. You can see him at every Laker home game for the most part, uh, holding up those those one sign in each hand, either Kobe or LeBron or AD, whatever it is. Um, you can follow him at the real sign guy one on Twitter and the real sign guy on uh, Instagram. Uh, and then again, you can follow our Lakers uh, our Lakers reporter Ryan Ward. Um, who got Gary on the show uh, at Ryan Ward LA on Twitter and Instagram uh, for any of my Clipper fans out there who tuned into the show and made it to the end <laughs> uh, you can follow me at Tomera Zarly that's T-O-M-E-R-A-Z-A-R-L-Y on Twitter and Instagram I, I actually thought that was a pretty good episode he didn't crap on the Clippers too much he, uh, he was no. just a passionate Laker fan uh, yeah. respectfully spoke, spoke about Kawhi uh, wasn't very nice about Paul 
but that's all right. That kind of surprised me. I was a little uh, surprised by that. Yeah. Um, but I, I get it. I get it. I think every Laker fan does get it, actually. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that does it for this episode of the Battle for LA podcast. Uh, again, follow us on uh, Twitter and Instagram. Uh, li- leave us a review. Uh, subscribe to the podcast. Uh, download it wherever you get your podcast. Apple, Google Play, Spotify, whatever it is. Um, leave us a comment, a review. If you like it, you hate it, what you, what you think could improve, anything like that. We're open to everything. Um, and yeah, Ryan, final words? And let us know if there's any guests that you want us to get on. We'll try as ours began. Yeah, everyone's going to go LeBron. Oh, yeah. Don't, we'll get LeBron. Don't worry. <laughs> I want LeBron on there. He'll, he'll, be, he'll be in the office. I'll sure. get the ever-talkative Kawhi on here, too. Yeah, right? <laughs> uh, all right. Hope you guys enjoyed it. We'll catch you guys next time. Peace. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G. Because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Rootmetrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.